You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And I've already started drinking, my friend. I've already started drinking. Well, why have you already started drinking? Begun the drinking. We're, we're sitting down in the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday. I've already started drinking. Like, at, at this point, I'm done. Uh, I've got a lot of good stuff for the show today. Trust me. If you have been staying out of bars, now is the time to walk back in and just get loaded. I know it's irresponsible for me to say, have somebody drive you home afterwards. But it, I, I feel like it's time to get loaded at this point, Ed. I'm done. Okay, I'm done with oh, the well, stupid well, lockout. That that that's not a that's the first good take I've heard in, in anything White Sox related in months. It's time to get loaded. It's time to get loaded. It's yeah. time to get loaded, Ed. It, it is. It's time. Like right now, I feel like with the fact that we have, I mean, we're still dealing with all the the COVID stuff at the back end and the fighting and the yelling and the takes and everything like that. And then I'm dealing with the lockout and the. The negotiations, but they're avoiding talking about the competitive balance tax. So in reality, there's not real negotiations going on. Now we have a war going on in the Ukraine and any minute I'm just waiting for the sirens to go off. Like I was explaining to the kids, I'm like, this is what it was like in the 80s. In the 80s, we just went out and played every day and we just knew because there was a movie that came out every three months, like war games or whatever. We just knew at any moment it could all be over. And then in the 90s, we got soft. We got soft in the 90s. The, the, there was a strike in the 90s for baseball, but otherwise, the world was pretty calm in the 90s. And the world got crazy again in the 2000s, and it's been like on a steady course back to insanity since then. But, but like, this is old school now. This is, this is like, you know, I was explaining to kids, they're like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, nothing. We spend a good five minutes with each other. We, we give each other a hug, and it's over. So just go out and live your life at this point. Like, that's what I told them. I know I'm on a rant. Right. I know I'm all fired up, but I just didn't like, listen to this guy. I got this phone call that came in to the sacks in the basement line. And this guy sums up, I think the angst and the anger of every white Sox fan and every baseball fan out there. And I wanted to play this because even if you feel like what he's saying is irrational, there's a little part of you. that's like, hell yeah. Hey, Sox in the basement guys. Um, just a novel thought kind of mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. I keep getting my emails from the White Sox about um, bumping my 20-game package to a more full-fledged package, and my response is F you because the season may not even start. Really getting tired of the greed between the owners and the players and would like, would like to coordinate so that everybody at a White Sox game literally gets up and leaves. After the grounds crew cleans off the field in the bottom of the fifth inning, the last grounds crew keeper go into the White Sox dugout, and then everybody in the stands collectively gets up, walks out, and they can say f*** you if they wanted to, but they literally walk out of the stadium. Just a thought. Fan walk off to let these guys know that uh, we're not going to take it anymore. See, and, and you know what? There's there's a real irrationality out of that, because let's be honest. Right. There's no way to coordinate such a thing, right? Well, and, and also, you're, you're, you're assuming that there are going to be people in the stands who are sober enough to be able to still count to five. Listen, you'll never be able to get fans to stand up to an organization when there are still people that exist in the ballpark. And there's enough of them that it's annoying that will do the wave in the bottom of the ninth with your team in a close game. Those morons exist 
without a lockout. And those morons will still go sit in the ballpark and will take whatever is fed to them by the owners when the lockout eventually ends. They'll take a they'll take a 120 game season and tell you, what are you so upset about? Who cares? There's going to be plenty of them in the ballpark. So I understand your anger, but the same people that do the wave in the most intense moment of the game because they're not paying attention to the game. And we've seen it before, not only in our ballpark, but in every ballpark around the country. Those people are still going to come walking in. The mouth breathers will still sit down and they will still they will still they're not going to walk out in the fifth inning because you coordinated. I get the sentiment, though, because I understand the anger. I understand the anger. I understand the frustration, which is why I'm sitting here right now and I'm drinking like a 9% beer at in the middle of the right. afternoon. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, you know what I had? You know what I had to eat so far today? I had five saltine crackers with some peanut butter on it. And I think I grabbed like a package of uh, Hostess muffins this morning out of the cupboard. And I'm uh, three beers in at this point, so I'm pretty sure the food doesn't even matter that's in my stomach. This this is why we record at your home bar <laughs> and not not at, a, uh, at an alternative right. location. This is why we can't do this out in public very often, okay? Before we go yeah, any exactly. further, I have to mention the sponsor. I mean, on such a rant, I haven't even mentioned the sponsor. Like, that's where I'm at today. This is the Angry Chris Show, all right? Buckle up. Chris is pissed. Family Waterproofing Solutions is hosting an installer job fair on Saturday the 26th. The show comes out on Friday the 25th. So if you're listening to it when it first came out, you still have time, 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in Evergreen Park. Find out what they do, why they do it, and the services they provide. Award-winning family business that is growing. Excellent benefit packages available. No sign-up necessary. Bring your valid driver's license on Saturday the 26th to Family Waterproofing Solutions and learn more about what a difference a family makes, where to go, all the details at FamilyDry.com. They were named one of the Southtown's best in 2021 by the Daily Southtown. They handle uh, basically keeping water out of your home, which is a good thing. And uh, if you have an issue or you're worried about anything that has to do with your basement, your foundation, anything like that, use FamilyDry.com for that as well. Mention us, you get money off. That's how the thing works. Okay. So back to my irrational ranting and anger and everything like that. I want to go through no, no, all. No, no, no. This isn't irrational. There's no irrationality here. Well, I mean, I, I this this is justified anger and justified feelings of, you know, absolute gloom and doom. No, no, it isn't. I've I've literally I've literally roped the pandemic, the war between Russia and Ukraine, the MLB lockout, and my excuse for drinking in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. I've looped those all together. It is irrational. Okay. I, I am. No, being... no, that's not irrational at all. No, <laughs> yes. irrational. Irrational is you're looping those together with like, you know, what's going to happen on a real housewives episode. That's where things get irrational. You're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. What I want to do is I want to go through terrible takes that I've seen from White Sox fans and people that pretend that they cover the team. And and when I read one of my terrible takes that I've seen over the last couple of weeks, you'll understand what that last part means. What we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of a tournament today here on Socks in the Basement for the rest of the the show. We're going to have a little bit of a tournament today of bad takes on White Sox social media. And so what we're going to do is you have a play-in game. You have two terrible takes you're going to read. Then my, my bracket only has two. And then we're going to come back and see your play-in game versus the the other one that you have that is your number one seed. And then we'll decide between the bad takes that I've collected and the bad takes you've collected, which is the worst take that I have seen this entire offseason. 
and more than likely it will be something that was uttered in the last week or so because as the lockout continues, as people become starved for baseball, as February drags on and the mind turns to mush, some of the things that people are saying or writing or tweeting is just stupid. And it's time to devote a show to it. It's time to devote a show to the stupidity and and just get it all out into the forefront so that we can remember that this is almost like this is almost like every once in a while you have to look at something bad to remember that you still have good inside of you. That's that's kind of how this is. OK, like you have to look yes. at real dumb, stupid, asinine takes just so that you can understand that you aren't all the way gone. Now, if you listen to all of these and you agree with all these takes, you're in trouble. Seek help. Go see a professional. All right. Maybe, maybe take a break, a sabbatical, go off into the mountains and dress like Gandhi and stare at a tree for a week. That's what you need. If you like all these takes. All right. So we're going to start off with two takes that Ed found, and we're going to discuss which one is the worst. Go ahead, Ed. Okay, so this is this is officially the play-in game to get into the actual bracket. Play-in game. But the play-in game. And this one comes from Facebook, a poll that was taken. Should the White Sox sign Trevor Bauer, which is impossible because he's not a free agent, but we'll hold that aside. Should the White Sox sign Trevor Bauer? The take is, from purely a baseball standpoint, <laughs> he's a great fit for the team. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, here's the problem with that take. You cannot remove what Trevor Bauer is. Ever. You cannot remove ever the state of what Trevor Bauer is. There is no from a pure baseball standpoint. I removed him from my fantasy baseball team because I felt dirty having him on there. I did. I did. I felt dirty. And here's the thing. You want to get into an argument over whether or not it was consensual or not what happened? It doesn't matter. I don't, if a girl told me do that to her, I would look at her and say, you're crazy and walk out of the room. I don't care how hot she is. She could have been Megan Fox hot and said, do that to me. And I've been like, no, no, I can't. Cause one day I got to look in a no. mirror. There's something not right with Trevor Bauer. Even if she told him to do that to her, there's something not right with Trevor Bauer. And there are guys that are going to be in the locker room that are going to be disgusted by him. There are guys that have families and children, and and they're going to look at him, guys with daughters, like I have a daughter, who are going to look at him and be like, and he's going to be like, well, you know, she told me to do it. Here's the text. She said, do this to her. And you're still going to be like, no, man. No. No, no we're not friends. No. We're not getting beers. That's not good for your locker room. So, no, I would not want uh, Trevor Bauer. All you Bauer. need to know about Bauer and his his position in a major league locker room is the Dodgers, who were contenders for a World Series championship last year, who desperately needed pitching because they had injuries in the rotation. Their players reportedly said, even if he's allowed back, we don't want him back. Right, and they knew him. They already knew him. Yes. Like, I don't want him. That's a terrible take. Anybody who even asks whether or not Trevor Bauer should be considered for your team, you're wrong. It's just stupid. What's the other take that it's going up against? So this is a take that uh, comes to me courtesy of my son's basketball coach via text. And he said that in a conversation, he was argued against that Tony La Russa does not know how to manage a major league baseball team, but Ricky Renteria does. So they need to rehire Ricky. So let's hold aside the fact that Tony LaRusse is literally in the Hall of Fame for managing Major League Baseball teams. 
just for a second and understand that maybe maybe I the game has passed him by a bit. That's a possibility. <laughs> the best you could do is rehire Ricky Renneria. Oh my goodness, right. Like if you were like that's your only two options. It's Tony right. or you gotta that's, go back to Ricky. That's the mentality of that. Of that I mean, not even Robin. They're not even saying rehire Robin. <laughs> go back to Ricky. That would be even a worse take if they were like, go back to Robin. You know what? Right. Terry Boom Boom De- Bevington was a hell of a manager. We should have no him kidding. instead of LaRusso. Like, that would be a worse take, right? Those are There are right. worse takes. There are worse takes. But the idea that, one, it's Renteria or LaRusso, nothing else. And, and right. two, that's just, what makes it a bad take. Yeah, well, that and the fact that, let's be honest, Ricky Renteria was on two different franchises that started from a rebuild in which management had the option to keep him with the young players he was with, and both managements, both teams, looked at Ricky Renteria and was like, this ain't the guy. All right? Right. I mean, so either both of these franchises are completely wrong, one of which that went on to win a World Series after they dumped him for Joe Madden, right? And and, and the other one, let's be honest, the White Sox had a, a heck of a year this year. I, I wasn't happy. I still blame Larusa for the Game 2 loss for moving Leary Garcia in the right. I think that another manager wouldn't have relied on Leary and stuck him out in right field and wouldn't have pinch hit for Adam Engel, who had scorched the ball the last time he was up there. So, yes, Tony LaRusa is not a perfect person, and he didn't win every World Series he was in, and he screws up every once in a while, and I don't like him sometimes when he d- makes bad decisions. But the idea that somehow uh, he's the problem, and if you brought in Ricky, everything would be fine, you win a World Series, that is just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, that that was that was a particularly uh, a particularly interesting one. All right, before we pick which one advances here, do not forget Cork and Kerry is having one heck of a party, just like all of Western Avenue on Parade Day coming up here on the thirteenth. Uh, the Southside Irish Parade is back. The Cork is the place to be during it, and we will be out there along with Sox on thirty fifth and. Southside Pod's going to be out there. Uh, you've, you've been on uh, a previous show with the two guys on Southside Pod, so this will be like kind of a reunion, Ed. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit of a reunion. We're going to have a big old party out there at Cork and Carry. we got some swag that we've ordered. We're giving away things. Uh, I, I can't wait to drink a beer with anybody who wants to come up and have one. You come you come find me, we're drinking. Uh, that's the, uh, the mood I'm in now will carry over, all right? I will be just as ranty and drinky as I am right now, I guarantee it on Southside Irish uh, Parade Day, if not more ranty and drinky than I am now, okay? So uh, make sure you check it <laughs> ranty out. And drinky. They said, ranty and drinky sounds like they should be our new mascots right now. <laughs> ranty and drinky would be so much better mascots than Southpaw, and that isn't even as bad of a take as all the other takes that we're giving on this show. No, like, no, not at all. <laughs> but then again, I'm always, I've always been partial to Ribby and Rhubarb, and I don't know why there isn't a clown that walks around and yells, Hey, you sucks! White socks. Like, where is Andy the Clown, and why is he not celebrated as much as he should be? All right. I mean, these, um, these, well, the, the where Andy the Clown is, I have a feeling it's probably not a, not a pleasant answer, but could be in heaven. Why? What you think Andy the Clown went to hell? Is that no, what you think? I didn't say that. I didn't I mean, say that he, at all. If he died and he but went up to the pearly gates, it could be he could be very happy right now. Well, he could be extremely happy. Wow, what did you have he against could, he, the clown? He could be no nothing. He could be screaming, "Let's go, Jesus!" Yeah. No, no, I think, I think, I think it just came out that Ed never liked Andy the clown, and that's that's a real I shame. I never said that. I don't like clowns in general, though. But no, I, nothing against Andy personally. 
Corkin carries at 10614 Southwestern Avenue. They're a traditional Irish bar in the Beverly neighborhood, an outdoor patio bar that hopefully will be going strong if we get warm weather on the 13th. As soon as warm weather happens, I'm sure that thing will be hopping as well. Multiple event rooms for your next party. See more. Book your next event at CorkinCarry.com. And when they finally get baseball back, Cork and Carry at the park at 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark is the absolute place to be. And whenever opening day is, whether it is when it is originally planned, July, whenever it is, we'll be there. Sometime in 2023. Right. I don't know how many fans will be there, but we'll be there. We'll, we'll be right. there. I'm, I'm going to get out there. All right. So, okay. I'm going to let you pick this one. Should I pick this one or should you pick this one? We have to, we have to why, advance why don't to get you, to the next one. Why don't one. you pick this one? Because then it goes up against, I think, the weakest bad take we're going to have today. But go All ahead right. and pick between I, those two. As much, as much as I think that, I, you know what, I... I think the Ricky Renteria, Tony La Russa one is stupid, but having Trevor Bauer on your team, I'm sorry, advances as a worse take. That's a worse take. I'm advancing that in the bracket, okay? Let's let's move on to mine, and you could pick which one is the worst here, okay? Okay, so sounds good. I have I have two of them here. The first one is incredibly terrible. It, uh, it started earlier on this week. It was put out by a website that that exemplifies why we work with Socks on 35th and Socks on 35th.com instead of going with a website that puts clickbait articles out. And the question was what kind of trade it would take for the White Sox to get Juan Soto. <laughs> and, and there were three, there were three options on this well, site. And I'm, yeah, I'm only going to okay. read the first one because all three of them were terrible. This is what you lead your article off with. And it's the possibility of the White Sox acquiring Juan Soto, maybe the greatest, most valuable hitter in baseball when you take his age, his potential, and what he's already done, and the fact that you would love to place him in your outfield, right, Ed? So, like, this would be oh, the crown, crown jewel, franchise-changing player, right? The White Sox get Juan Soto, and the proposed trade was Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and Jared Kelly. Now, let me explain <laughs> something to you. Let me explain okay. this to anybody that thinks so. Well, I don't know. Would I make that trade? Uh, let, let me explain something to you. The only way the Nationals make this trade is if somewhere in Mother Russia, they unleash a ray gun that will melt brains. And unfortunately, it goes off of a satellite, bounces off another one, and accidentally comes down and lands in the middle of a boardroom where all the Nationals brass are sitting. And all they're able to do after being hit with this ray gun, okay, unfortunate casualties that they would be, is drool on themselves, say the word yes, and fax off their signatures to finish off the trade. And that's the only way that the Nationals would ever take Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and Jared Kelly for Juan Soto. That's the only, are you kidding? First of all, Jared Kelly was a kid that got drafted out of high school and has yet to show anything to anybody that he is even a top 100 prospect in Major League Baseball, and he's nowhere near the list right now. So he's just no, he's a not name even, that you've fallen in love with. Give me a break, okay? Andrew Vaughn, like we said, his first year in the majors, he did a lot of great things, but he's not even as good as Gordon Beckham's first year in the Major Leagues for the White Sox. We've done that comparison before. I still think the kid can be something, but you're, you're trying to get Juan Soto with him? I'll make that trade any day of the week. And Gavin Sheets right now has only shown us he's a platoon hitter. So really, it, there's this is the dumbest thing that I've seen on the internet, maybe ever. 
I mean, at least White Sox related. I mean, I've seen some dumb things on the internet, but this is one of the dumbest things. I mean, this is why, and this is why I looked at somebody, and I've told this story about why we joined up with Sox on 35th. And it was because we were approached by a lot of different websites that do things where they send out clickbait articles and they need a podcast around it. And I'm not going to say whether or not this was the site or not, because I'm not that kind of a jerk. But I did tell one of these people that brought this to me, I don't want to work with you because I don't want clickbait articles around my podcast. And this, this would drive me nuts if it was right next to my podcast. This would drive me absolutely insane because it would make me look stupid. If this was next to my show, this is why we work with the folks over at Sox on 35th because they're intelligent and they put out a good product and I don't want to have to write anything because I'm not a writer and you just want to write your goofy little musings, which I absolutely enjoy. And I giggle at when you do them every week on that website and everybody should check them out. But this is why right here, Ed, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in print. Yeah, that is, it's just, it's just infuriating sometimes when you talk to fans who just because somebody was a first round pick for your team, that means they must be revered around the league as this fantastic prospect. Jared Kelly had a 2.11 whip last year in the 761 ERA. Jared <laughs> Kelly sucked. Jared Kelly flat out sucked last year. He was terrible. He's going to pry Juan Soto away. He's going to pry Juan Soto right away from the Nationals. Yeah. They can't wait to get their hands on some Jared Kelly. All right. The other take that's going up against it, although and it's a bad take, but I don't know if it beats this one. I'm going to let you choose, is a tweet that okay. I read that says, once again, the masses are asking for Michael Conforto. And it gives his slash line 232, 344, 384, 729. Let me guess the 344 got them all hot and sassy. This line is absolutely horrible, but I guess he'll save the White Sox. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I've wanted a second baseman more than I've wanted right field. So for me to sit yes. there and say that I wouldn't take a second baseman over Michael Conforto, I'd be lying right now. But I will tell you this I will take anybody who's under 30 years old who's got a career 824 OPS and a career 124 OPS plus showing that he consistently is over the average for OPS plus. And the last time that he was below 100 was when he was 23 years old before his 24-year-old All-Star season, who would improve your defense out there, give you somebody consistent. You wouldn't have to do a platoon. Like, first of all, Michael Conforto is not the guy who gets you to the World Series, but Michael Conforto and guys like him need to be on your team to get over the hump and win a World Series. So I don't get that take at all. That seems to me like somebody who just wants to be angry to stir up stuff. Again, that's there's clickbait, there's click tweets. That's what that one is. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where the, the whole the whole issue with Michael Conforto is, is he going to cost more money than you want to spend for what he ultimately is relative to what he brings to the team. Okay. So basically is, does he bring value for what it's going to cost to sign him as a free agent? And that's a worthwhile discussion to have because why not? Right. He does fit a lot of bills. He does check off a lot of boxes except for second base, which is probably the greater need, but you're right. I mean, to sit there and just, you know, hate on Michael Conforto. I, I am, I have been negative about the idea of signing Michael Conforto for a number of reasons, but none of them are me sitting there saying, look, I would absolutely hate to have this guy on the team. I would absolutely hate to have him as a member of the White Sox because, yeah, he does fit nicely in right field for him. In a, it, but, you know, it, there's there's 
question marks around whether or not he's a better use of the resources that the Sox have than trying to figure out the second base issue. That's a bad take only because it is trying to just sort of stir up a controversy where one doesn't really exist. The Juan Soto trade has got to take that one, though, as far as bad takes. Because <laughs> that, that is just that is just a, a lack of a complete lack of understanding <laughs> it doesn't, of baseball. It, I mean, it's just it, you just don't understand the league, the game, anything at that point. You were you were literally just saying, I'm going to throw three names from the team that people are going to be like, hey, yeah, I know that guy. And that's what I'm going to say is the trade. And I'm going to try and generate controversy because two of those guys were on the team last year and are the, the, you know, the quote unquote future in some way, shape or form. So the Juan Soto thing is a bad take. Frankly, any trade offer that you drum up for Juan Soto that doesn't involve Rick Hahn more or less gutting the team and turning the White Sox into the nationals around Juan Soto uh, is is pretty much a bad take. There's there's no way you're getting a guy like that for anything less than just basically destroying the core of the team. You know, it sounds like an MLB The Show video game proposal, except I think MLB The Show would reject it. Like, I don't even think you can pull 100%. that off inside of the game system. And that's what makes it so dumb. All right. No, so that, that one that, wins what, that, what that is, is that is the guy in your fantasy baseball league who way overvalues all things White Sox. Because you know you have one of those super fans. And it could be right. for any team. But in this case, for the White Sox, you're sitting there going, Jared Kelly's going to win Cy Young Award after Cy Young Award. You just watch. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Gavin Sheets is going to play 100 games this year. And he's going to be pinch hit for by Larry Garcia more often than not. But I'm happy to take Juan Soto off your hands. Hey, do you think you can throw me another player like, say, Garrett Cole while we're at it? All right. So the Juan Soto one advances to the finals. Your play-in was uh, the Trevor Bauer bad take. And and what? What is the last one that we have here that we haven't revealed? The, the last bad take is Jake Berger and a prospect for DJ LeMayhew. Jake, I love you, but I'm making the deal. <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm trained right now, Jake. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I know you're looking good at those workouts. I know you were on a previous episode of Socks in the Basement. You seem like a really fun guy. We had a lot of laughs. I'm packing you up right now. I'm throwing Jared Kelly in there as the other guy, and I'm sending you, <laughs> sending you up for DJ Mayhew. Like, right now. Well, who do... Who do I have to give a lap dance to for that to happen? It's going to be awkward and weird. Hal, Hal Steinbrenner, and, evidently, or Brian Cashman, one of those two, or both. I'll dress up for him to get that deal done. That, what the yeah. hell is that? That is terrible. That beats Trevor Bauer, hands down. Just that is the that is the worst take in your bracket. So the question now becomes, and they're both trades, which I love this. This is... This shows right here the stupidity of the world when we don't have baseball. Like, we need baseball to return because right now people's brains are turning the mush and they've run out of things to say. So so if we have the Juan Soto deal that was proposed and the Jake Berger for DJ LeMahieu deal, which one is the worst take in your mind right now, Ed? I mean, at least with the Juan Soto deal, you've got two first round or was it what two second rounders and a first rounder that are going right. for for right. the best young player in the game that might you know the side of Luis Robert um I you know I I'm 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 partial to trading a triple a third 
baseman and some low-end prospect for an all-star versatile infielder that the Yankees are absolutely 100% relying on for as their leadoff hitter and probably a bulk of their offense this year. I'm, I, I think the Juan Soto take is bad. Uh, and I, I, oh, wow. It's the Juan Soto. It, it's got to be the Juan Soto deal. You're just you're you're never ever ever getting him for anything less than Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, and your you know half your minor leagues. The Nationals aren't moving him. I think ever. you've overpaid a little bit. I think you've overpaid when you throw in Giolito and Robert in the same deal for Juan Soto. I wouldn't make that trade. I like Juan Soto, I but I make that, I think my I, boy saying, is right. You know what? You just it, won the bad take right it, there with that one. No, if, 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 maybe I did. But I'm saying, if you called Mike Rizzo right now, if we just got Mike Rizzo of the Nationals on the on the phone right now and said, Mike, what are you asking for from the White Sox for Juan Soto? I guarantee you he's opening up with, I'm going to take players out of this group of people, and it's going to he's going to start with Luis Robert. He's going to include the names Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Aloy Jimenez. I'm not saying you trade all of them, no, but no, I'm saying that that, that that is the group of players that that Mike Rizzo. That's the that, that's the group of players the national the Nationals are looking at. They're not looking at what's in the minor leagues for the Sox. Hey, maybe we can combine uh, both of those trades. We can trade Berger, Vaughn, Sheets, and Jared Kelly. And we can we can throw in another prospect, and we can pick up uh, Lemayhu, uh, Soto, and Aaron Judge in a, like a three team deal. I mean, why not at this point? Oh sure, I, I, I'm guessing that you know the Nationals will probably have to kick in another uh, another yeah. uh, prospect. They got to kick in. Well, they got to kick in a relief pitcher or something like that. We'll throw yeah. in Kimbrel. We'll throw in Kimbrel. We'll be we'll be generous. We'll throw in. Kimbrel. Oh yeah, we'll throw in through Kimbrel. Kimbrel. Yeah, he'll help the Nationals this year in their in their efforts to win. Oh. Uh, to win five games but uh and then i cannot wait to see what ricky renneria does with that newfound lineup socks in the basement socks in the basement socks in the basement socks in the basement heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socks in the basement.com